Don't Look Back, Methodist Hope for What Comes Next, is a new book about the future focus of the United Methodist Church. On episode 22, we begin a two-part deep dive into the content of this book and its implications with its author, Dr. Will Willimon, on To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. And I tell you, sometimes it's easier to talk about denominational problems than it is to talk about the survival of and thriving of our congregation right here in this time and place. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Bishop Tremble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Tremble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church, with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello again, good people, and welcome to the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trumbull. This is where we present an encouraging word to a discouraged world. My name is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, your co-host. Today's episode of To Be Encouraged, Bishop Trumbull and I talk with Will Willimon, a familiar name to many folks in United Methodist Circles. He is Professor of Practice in Christian Ministry and the Director of the Doctor of Ministry Program at the Duke University Divinity School. He's also had a prior life as a United Methodist Bishop and was the Dean of the Duke Chapel and is known to have taught and led and being a, a great leader and thinker in our church and someone who can speak to the issues at hand in our church right now. He's written over 70 books. One of my favorite books that he has written is Fear of the Other. Today, we're going to be talking about his brand new book, which is called Don't Look Back, Methodist Hope for What Comes Next. That is going to be released in September of 2022. We'll put links to that book, both Abington Press and Cokesbury links, in our show notes at 2beencouraged.com slash 022, so you can pick that up there. In this conversation, which is part one of a two part conversation we're going to have here on to be encouraged. Uh, Dr. Willimon and Bishop Tremble and I talk about nature of the church right now, of our United Methodist Church, particularly the post-pandemic church. And now two factors have come into play to really form who we are right now. One of them is dealing with the disaster of COVID, how that impacted so many churches, and the other of which is uh, division in the church, schism, disaffiliation issues. And what we go in here today is Bishop Willimon and Bishop Tremble talk about how this is a distraction from the major challenges in our church, aging, losing members, deeper problems that are not solved by by a separation. And the one of the sins we have in the church is getting distracted from the mission of the local church. We talk about factors like grief and lament and loss, 
some of the biblical factors that are right here, and how God is still an instrument of grace and an ambassador of hope, and how grace comes to play in these relationships. This is an absolutely fascinating and important discussion for you local church clergy and leaders to listen to this conversation here today. And then I invite you to pick up after interview today and into next week when we publish episode 23, which is part two, which is where we're really going to focus in on pragmatic approaches in the local church. It's our pleasure today to have as our guest on To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble, Reverend Doctor, and Bishop Will Willimon, the author of the new book, Don't Look Back, Methodist Hope for What Comes Next. We have with us uh, Bishop and Dr. William Willimon, Will Willimon, from the Duke Divinity School, among other things. He is uh, the director of their doctor ministry program and a professor there. But uh, he also is the author of many, many books. I know uh, I've read several of his books. One book that, that, that Will wrote that really struck me was Fear of the Other, which came out a few years ago. And I preached a sermon series out of that that was important to me. But he's with yeah. us here today to speak to us about his new book called Don't Look Back. But uh, Bishop Trimble, this is your podcast, my friend. Help us uh, say say hello to our audience and to welcome our guests with us here today. Greetings to all who will uh, participate in here and to hear this podcast. And I want to welcome the, Dr. Will Willeman. I, I, sometimes I call him Bishop. Sometimes I call him Will. Sometimes I call him uh, the, the most prolific writer in United Methodism. So we're, wel- we're glad to have <laughs> Will Willeman with us. Uh, and uh, he has he's a great storyteller, a great theologian, and a great encourager. So Will, glad to, glad to have, have be, be on a podcast with you. Thank you, Bishop. It's great to be with you. Let me let me begin, Brad, by telling a, a quick story. Uh, this story is over twenty something years ago. It's a true story. I have to say it's ah. a true story, Brad, because uh, years ago I remember preaching, and our son Cameron, who's now forty years old, afterwards asked me, "Dad, that story you told in church today was it true, or were you just preaching?" So <laughs> well, now I have now I have to say, when it's a true story, this is over twenty years ago. I was on the board of trustees for Methodist Theological Seminary in Ohio. And uh, it was at the graduation, baccalaureate, or that graduation uh, for the seminary students the, the day before graduation. And it was a pastor, a, I believe she was AME pastor, African-American female pastor, excellent, who was graduating, who, who gave the message in chapel. And one of the things she said was, I really appreciate seminary because in seminary, I learned about exegesis. But she said, I'm serving in a community that needs extra Jesus. And I never will. I never will forget that because she went on. She gave an. She gave an outstanding message to talk about the importance of really presenting Christ to people in the present in the present context. And what I appreciate about appreciate about Will Willimon and all of his books, particularly Fear of the Other, Who Will Be Saved, and uh, this current book, Don't Look Back. Uh, there's an emphasis on us looking forward. Uh, and also following Jesus in a Wesleyan way. We are talking about storytelling here, uh, Will, and that's the story that uh, Bishop Triple told about you. But I really like to hear a bit of your story. I don't ever like to presume that our audience knows everything about our guest already or has even read, uh, read your books and so on. But I know people appreciate a, a good coming-to-faith story. 
And I'd just like to hear a little bit about your, how you came to know Jesus Christ in the first place and kind of how that led you to attract to be as an educator, pastor, and bishop and what you do now. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a story of indebtedness. Uh, I grew up in a big downtown traditional Methodist church, downtown Greenville, South Carolina. And I grew up in a single parent family. And looking back, I think that church meant a great deal to me as uh, providing me with a uh, succession of mentors, Sunday school teachers, pastors, uh, and all who um, it, it proved to be a wonderful context for sort of growing in the faith, for learning about the faith, for significant encounters with the living, living Christ. And um, I gradually uh, felt drawn toward ministry. I did the Boy Scout God and Country Award with a, uh, our associate pastor. And he had me read all these books about Methodist history. I had to get a map and put dots on the map of Methodist missions all around the world. And uh, all of that just provided me fertile ground for um, a, a feeling very close to Christ and uh, the reality of his presence. In college, I went to a Methodist college, Walford College. And in college, I, uh, when I arrived at college, I was sort of thinking, you know, to be a Christian, you got to kind of have a lobotomy or something. You got to, you, you can't ask questions and all. Well, luckily in college, I had some uh, great religion professors who were wonderfully intellectually driven people and they were Christians and that made a big impression on me. So about my junior year, I found myself drawn towards seminary and a lifetime of ministerial, ministerial leadership preaching. And so that's how I got on this course. <laughs> well, that's appreciated so much. And that course has led you to, <laughs> A life in both being a bishop in the church and in many years at Duke University, uh, Duke Divinity School, and your latest book called uh, Don't Look Back. And we'll be putting links to to your book uh, in our show notes at tobeencouraged.com. But let's just go there. And Bishop, you jump in anytime, but I just kind of wanted to hear, I think you're, I've read your book, fascinated by it, and I think you many ways it capitalize a lot of the thinking a lot of us have, but let's, I want to go with you this thing, this situation we find ourselves in right now in the United Methodist church of being at a point of whatever people want to call it death or divorce or destruction or whatever can come out of that. But it seems like in many ways, I'll just put it the terminology that's kind of my mind. It's almost like we're in a circular uh, firing squad with blindfolds on and we get ready mm -hmm. to pull the trigger. <laughs> uh, just talk to us, talk to us a little bit about what then the world is going on in our church right now and why it's so important that we just don't look back and keep moving on. Well, um, unlike other books I've read, I've, I've written uh, this book I wrote after scores of interviews with United Methodist clergy all around the country. And, um, in groups or as individuals. I also uh, interviewed a number of uh, retired uh, clergy, retired bishops, district superintendents. And in those interviews, I, I came to the conclusion 
Um, the United Methodism stands at a crossroads, but in a way, maybe not for some of the reasons we think. Um, uh, what I heard from clergy was great concern about the post-pandemic church. Many of our churches attendance down around the nation. It's people are using a term like thirty percent uh, attendance loss, as opposed to pre-COVID. So COVID uh, jerked around a lot of our churches uh, in some uh, sad ways. And there's a lot of anxiety about COVID, uh, post-COVID. Then, as you mentioned, there is anxiety in our church about uh, threatened uh, separations, uh, forming of a new denomination, uh, churches wanting to leave the United Methodist Church, etc. I came to the conclusion, though, after listening to clergy, that I think... Um, in a way, our concerns about post-COVID and our concerns about separation can be a kind of distraction from the challenge of pre-COVID and pre-separation. And that is, the United Methodist Church is an aging uh, mainline denomination. We have suffered losses for the past uh, three decades. And uh, we our average age is something like 65 years old. Uh, that is a bigger threat to the United Methodist Church and its future, even than our separations or, or post-COVID. And so in the book, I urge people, hey, stay focused. Um, one thing I noticed, uh, you, you know, in the new, uh, newly forming uh, global Methodist Church, uh, you know, their leadership and their makeup is bound to be probably just about as old as the United Methodist Church. Mm, yes. So that means that if you've got a global Methodist Church, uh, what, whatever that is, comes to be, uh, you got the same problems ahead of you that you had before the separation. And so, therefore, I'm hoping this time, this period will be a time for us to focus and say, gee, if, if we could only solve our deepest problems by separation, then that would make separation a good idea. Unfortunately, it doesn't. And mm. we're still faced with the problems of being a mainline aging uh, denomination that hasn't been very successful in reaching two or three generations of younger Christians. Mm. Bishop Trimble, is what uh, we'll share in here, does it resonate with your experience? And what kind of thoughts do you have about the situation that we are in and about how we can move forward with doing something productive moving forward? Well, I, I really appreciate the way in which uh, Will has approached this and the way he writes about it because it's not it's no longer a hypothetical, Brad. You know, this we just had an annual conference in June and 29 churches. We voted to disaffiliate nine last year. We have a special call annual conference in November. We'll probably have 50 or 60 churches disaffiliate. But it still leaves a, in Indiana, that'll still leave you know, close to 800 churches uh, that, that, that want to be United Methodists. I really appreciate uh, what Will writes about. You know, we really need to have a healthy appetite. I may be paraphrasing, a healthy appetite for the world as our parish. Because you remember, Brad, I got some pushback when I wrote the article, We Don't Give a Damn About the Poor. 
Come, some yeah. people are saying I got some of that too. Yeah. Yeah. And when some people say <laughs> we don't, they don't give a damn about the United Methodist church. So they're not, they're not interested in the global Methodist church or the United Methodist church either, because Will's pointed it out, you know, COVID, a lot of people have been saying, Hey, we like you better when we, when we check you out online than necessarily, uh, you know, walking through the doors of the church. So a healthy appetite, Will, I like when you talk about we need a healthy appetite for the world as our parish. That seems to me very Wesleyan. Um, and it is, I've said over the years, you know, different denominations have different sins. Um, to me, one of the, maybe it's too strong a word, but one of the sins, uh, if you're a Methodist, is it's easy to get distracted from the mission of the local church in its time and place and worry about things. I, in the book, I talk about preaching in a small Methodist rural church uh, in North Carolina in January. And as I usually do, I ask to meet with the leadership of the church after service for lunch and we did and the leadership of the church was all uh women uh about my age <laughs> of a certain age and um i asked them i said what are some of the what's your greatest challenge you face now we had attendance that morning was up uh, with a guest preacher and it was about maybe 35 people i said what is your biggest challenge and um the the person who seemed to be kind of the chief in charge of things said, uh, well, it's the Methodist church. It's, it's the United Methodist church is our biggest challenge. And I said, Oh really? And in what way? And she said, when they ordained that lesbian Bishop out West somewhere, um, it just, it made it a lot harder for us to, to do things here. And I said, really? Cause I said, I, I didn't even hardly know about that, but I mean, now how has that made it difficult for you here? Well, I'm just, we just don't believe in that kind of thing. And I'll, well, I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry <laughs> and think I, I, I wanted, <clears throat> I didn't say this because I'm such a nice person, but I wanted to say, Hey lady, don't worry about that Bishop out West somewhere. Um, you couldn't have more than seven or eight more years in this church left to you. If, unless you make some changes. Uh, but that became a kind of microcosm. Uh, I know my home church, the church that produced me that I gave testimony to earlier, uh, they've got a group that wants them to leave. And the group uh, produced a document which says, here's why we want to leave. And the document uh, goes on about the Council of Bishops. It goes on about a Methodist preacher who was a drag queen somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it goes on about a Methodist preacher who denied the resurrection mm -hmm. somewhere out west and all. And uh, I, I find that just so sad that people have gotten distracted. And I want to ask that church now, now how is any of that hindering you from accepting your part of the mission that Jesus Christ has given you in your neighborhood. And I tell you, sometimes it's easier to talk about denominational problems than it is to talk about the survival of and thriving of our congregation right here in this time and place. Mm -hmm. so. so I'm hearing you say that 
things like COVID, things such as LBTQ issues, things like the uh, work of the <clears throat> denomination and other aspects, uh, uh, you know, uh, other parts of the world, for instance, uh, are a distraction from keeping the main thing the main thing. And it seems to me part of the main thing the main thing is a revisitation of some of the key concepts that make us Christians, things like hope and grace and proper grief when things don't go our way. Mm. Could you speak mm-hmm. to, let's just take grief for a second. I know you camp on that just a little bit. How can we have proper grief? You know, we have to come to terms with things are changing. You know, some people say we're dead already and whatever it is. But, you know, there's people we know in our pastoral ministries who have had said their goodbyes and had a good death. And there's been others, terrible, you know, murders and any number of other things where it's a bad death. Uh, how can we speak to a Christian concept of grief in the midst of all this that's going on here? You know, I, I, good, I do a good bit of grief, uh, uh, treatment of grief in the book, uh, because I, I, in my conversations with pastors, I heard a lot of grief, uh, bereavement, uh, lament over loss. Mm-hmm. We, we, we're losing people. Uh, we're losing beloved churches. Uh, United Methodist Church closes like a dozen congregations a week. Uh, we, we, we're losing a denomination uh, that we've loved. My point is we're not losing the denomination as that we've loved because of separations. We're losing the denomination we love because all denominations appear to be well, it depends on how you look at it. You could say they're dying. Another thing you could say is they're just merely changing. Mm-hmm. Denominationalism was a great idea. It's about 150, 200 years old. It's only about 75 years old, as we have known it in the United Methodist Church. Uh, but, um, and there's grief over that. I think it's important to be honest about that. I, I know when somebody left my church either because they didn't like me or my preaching or because uh, they found the church inadequate uh, in some way. Uh, I I was in grief and uh, I usually told them, uh, this really makes me sad. I need you. I wish you'd stay. Um, But along with that, and I talk about we pastors may not know how to do a lot of stuff, but most of us are kind of experts in grief management. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you have to do as a pastor is to allow people the space to be honest about their anger, their sadness, their loss. At the same time, you've got to also talk about life after the loss. Uh, and I know it's kind of weird when you're going through grief at the loss of a loved one, what does the church do? It says, all right, come to church, stand up in front of everybody and sing a hymn, even when you don't feel like singing, Uh, affirm your faith, even when you think you don't have much faith, focus on the Lord, even when you may be feeling some anger at the Lord. Uh, Well, the church does that in love to say, come on, uh, we're still alive. Uh, you have a responsibility to stay alive and to keep going. And so that's part of grief too, is getting through grief. And I have an episode there from Jesus um, where a man, you know, comes up to our Lord and says, I'll follow you wherever you go. Uh, Only, only uh, 
let me go do my funeral for my father. And mm-hmm. our Lord says to him, oh, I'm so sorry. Please accept my condolences. <laughs> no, our Lord says, let the dead bury the dead. Follow me. Come on. Yeah, right. And right. that's just that is either being very harsh with a grieving person or very loving with a grieving person to say, come on, you're alive. I'm a God of the living, not of the dead. And, and I'm leading you toward a different kind of life. And one of the great things about being a pastor is you watch people go through grief who think their life is over and they're done for and their identity that they once had is gone. But to reclaim that, and I note the woman who told me after the sudden death of her beloved husband, uh, six months later, she said, you know, maybe the new me is the me that God wanted all along. Uh, I, I, I love my former life with my husband and I wouldn't have traded it for anything, but now I've been forced to have a new life and right. my new life. Well, that that's Christians do that. Uh, so and by the same token, there are some folks who do stay stuck. Let's, let's go beyond do. that. The, yeah. And the, uh, when you talk about grief and things like that. And so let's go then to grace a little bit in terms of, Sometimes I think grace gets uh, abused or gets misused. Yeah. And uh, Bishop Tremble, Agreed. do you have any thoughts about how grace comes to play as how we talk about all these issues here and how you might any have any questions for uh, for Will about about anything along that line? I think the church is, is, is called to be an instrument of God's grace, you know, in real time with real people, with real problems. So, uh, the church at its best is an instrument of God's grace. What I like about what Will writes also is that we are also called to be ambassadors of Christian hope. So uh, I remember being at a meeting with clergy years ago and everybody was complaining about all that was wrong with the Methodist United Methodist Church. And I finally said, I said, well, what can we celebrate? And one pastor sitting way in the back said, we all got jobs. We all got jobs. Yeah. And sometimes I, I think we forget that we, we all got jobs and the job is, job is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, I think we're going to leave it right there for the moment as we're going to focus next week on episode 23 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Tribble on part two of our interview with Reverend Dr. Will Wellamon about his book, Don't Look Back. And we're going to really focus in and really zero in on the local church and pragmatic things that you can do to have best practices of how to deal with the situation we find ourselves in and how to uh, have hope, uh, how have great hope, even in the midst of some hard truths and some discouraging moments. We get into some more in-depth study of scripture, for instance. There is hope for the church, but it's going to look different significantly different and we can't afford to look back. So I want to encourage you to check out episode 23 of To Be Encouraged. The book, Don't Look Back, is going to be released in September of 2022. I did want to remind you that we will put connections, links in our show notes to Don't Look Back, Methodist Hope for What Comes Next. You'll have both Abigan Press and Cokesbury.com links to the book available to you there at tobeencouraged.com slash 022. And so we hope that you'll check that out there. This is the podcast where we look to be helpful to people in the United Methodist Church, lay and clergy leaders and interested folks who love the Lord and love the love the church. 
and choose to want to speak an encouraging word into a discouraged world. That's the purpose and the mission of this of Bishop Trimble's podcast, To Be Encouraged. So until next time, friends, this is your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, encouraging you to continue to do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen, to be encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimple. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. And never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.